Is hij? Ja! Ja! Daar is Klaassen. Hello there, welcome to Football Aranya. We're your home of Dutch football, bringing you the latest on the Dutch national team and the Dutch Eredivisie. This time, we're going to be talking about Feyenoord, Quincy Promes, the World Cup qualifying draw, and much more besides. So do stay tuned for lots in this podcast. I'm Michael Statham, and as usual, I'm joined by Mike Bell to talk about all of this Dutch football stuff. We're thinking this might be the last podcast before Christmas, and we'll have one just after. You're listening to us on either YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, Football Nation Radio. We're absolutely delighted that we're reaching at least a thousand listens across all of the platforms. So please do help us keep growing our podcast, keep liking, keep sharing. We really do appreciate it, especially as we go into 2021, where we're going to be having Euro 2020 played. And if you haven't already, by the way, you can still grab hold of one of our football and your wristbands. They're pretty cool. They, um, if you purchase one, help our website grow further. More on that if you can find the website. If you just search up Football Aranya wristbands, I'm sure a link will come up for them. And yeah, your support is truly appreciated. Thank you to those that have already bought one so far. Anyway, enjoy the podcast. Mike, it's been an awful week for Dutch teams in Europe. After such a good season in the group stages of the Champions League and the Europa League, We've now ended up in a situation where Arze get knocked out um, after a really poor defeat in Croatia. Uh, PSV top their Europa League group, so no um, no arguments about them. Ajax getting knocked out of the Champions League with a, um, a pretty boring defeat to Atalanta. And then Feyenoord, um, the worst of a lot in my opinion. So what a better place to start than Feyenoord. We haven't been too impressed with them this season, and yet they remain unbeaten in the league. Seven wins, five draws and 12 games. And in the Europa League, they lost 1-0 to Wolfsberger, uh, the Austrian side. A really poor campaign from them in Europe. Um, what, what kind of things have, have you... I mean, I, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't speak too, too low about Feyenoord because, like I say, they are unbeaten in, in the Europa League season and they won 3-0 against Veve this weekend. But it just feels like something's wrong there. Um, and I wonder whether it was Dick Advocat considering he's leaving at the end of the season, is he just running out of steam? What do you make of the whole situation at Feyenoord? Yeah, I think there's probably a number of things that are wrong at the club at the moment. I think that Frank Arneson, the technical director, and Dick Advocat, I think they're heading for a big big fallout. Um, I think before the game on Thursday, Dick Advocat seemed in a bit of a spicy mood. Um, I think it's mainly because of all the attention that Slot's been getting. And I think it's no coincidence that, you know, after the, the talks were sort of revealed um, with him, that Dick Advocate came out and said that he's retiring at the end of the year or um, leaving, at least he says he might be able to coach an international club, um, international team. Um, I don't think he feels supported by the club and I think he's frustrated by the transfer dealings in the summer, um, which is strange because I think that Mark Deemers and... Brian Winston have been awful signings. I think there were two that might have been pushed by him. Um, I think neither of them are really good enough for his level. I think that the game against Wolfsberger on Thursday was was shockingly bad. Um, I think the whole team just lacked any sort of effort. And going forward, there were shambles. Um, 
Jorgensen's just a player that's got absolutely no confidence whatsoever. Brian Winston's having a terrible season. Um, even Berkis didn't have a good game. But I was just shocked by the fact that Advocat just sat and watched it happen for 70 minutes in you know, a game that you had to win. You had zero shots on target for 70 minutes before he actually made a change. Um, he seemed to just accept it and he didn't even seem to be bothered by it. And I think that's a coach that's you know, had had enough. Um, you know, afterwards he said they wasn't stepping down, and he still still feels that the players are behind him. Um, you know, they won three 0 today, but I don't think they were that great. I think they struggled in the first half, and it was only after Trinstra scored from range, you know, with twenty minutes to go, that they went on to win to win easily. And um, maybe that's a game to to kickstart, and they're getting Sinistera back. Leroy Fair made his comeback today. Maybe that will help them turn their form around, but. I think it's sort of becoming inevitable right now that the Cavcats going to end up weaving earlier than expected, and you're going to get Arnold Slot coming in um, before the end of the season. But I think Feyenoord is a club that's you know it's waiting for investment. They don't have enough money to play, buy the players that would take the club um, a position hard to maybe challenge PSV and Ajax. I think that once they start playing teams that are above them, um, the Ajaxes, the PSVs. After the new year, um, they will start to lose games. I think they've been fortunate this season to not lose games already. Um, and I think that they are unbeaten in the league, but I don't think they deserve that. So, yeah, I think they're... Right now, I'd say they're probably the fifth best team in the Netherlands. Um, I can't see again any better while Advocates in charge. Well, it just depends on whether he quits. I can't see him getting sacked since his, his last season as the head coach, so I take him to leave and I think he's only leave if he has a big falling out with Arneson, which I think it'll end up coming to. I think you've pretty much summed up the whole situation there, Mike. They're just um, a team low on confidence. They are missing a few key players, Bilo, Fair, Sinistera, but they will come back. It shouldn't mean that the club sort of falls flat though and yeah, the lack of investment has led to a situation. The one transfer that I thought would that would come good and hasn't is Brian Linson. I thought that he'd make the step up to Feyenoord and, and score some goals, and it really hasn't worked. The, the midfield as a whole is pretty poor. They don't provide Jorgensen with enough service, nor support. They don't get in and around him. And it, even, if, even when Stephen Burkhouse has a poor game, then yeah, you're in, you're in for a, a poor day at the office. And Burkhouse has been carrying that team this season but he hasn't had the, a good last few games. I watched them against uh, Heracles, Adrian 0-0, and the one I defeat to Wolfsburg, and it was just so uninspiring. It's boring. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's really sad that we, we're saying that about Feyenoord when they seemed to turn a corner last season um, and become exciting and become a team that looked like they could win lots of games and challenge the Eddorizzi title. And whilst they're only four points off the top, they're so far away from winning the league. Um, it would be a massive shock if they could ever pull something like that off. And like you say, after Christmas, they're going to be playing RZ, PSV, Ajax. That's when the defeats are going to start rolling in. And um, they could be heavy defeats too. We've seen it a couple of years ago where Ajax beat Feyenoord really, really heavily. Um, but at the same time, Feyenoord beat Ajax 6-2 um, the other season, I think it was. So the potential is still there for them to pull results out of bag when they play these big, big teams. But we haven't seen that in Europe this season. They haven't pulled their finger out for them. So, yeah, I just 
I, I don't see the season getting any better. I think it's just going to spiral out of control. Like we're already sort of seeing it's just unraveling right before our eyes. Yeah, I think the performance on Thursday is just sums them up in, in the Europe this season. And yeah, it's not going to get any better. I don't think. I think they will. We just beg to possibly Ajax for PSV after the, the winter break. And I can't see them making any big transfers um, after January. And I to get this American investment that's been rumoured. Um, you know, I can't see any big big transfers happening for the summer either because I can't see Kochu going for big money on the form he's in. And I don't think Berges is going to bring big money into the club either because he's got a release cost for such a small amount. Speaking of winter transfers, do you think that any of the Dutch sides are going to be um, purchasing a key player? Or do you think it would just be like the odd loan signing? Uh, do you, who do you see making um, some business, at, particularly out of the top teams? Because we had a question from Cam and he was asking um, who Ajax might be looking at in the winter transfer window. But my first gut instinct was, I don't think any of them are going to be signing any players. I don't think they've got the money. But also a lot of the key players that were signed were came in the summer particularly as a team like Ajax aren't competing in the Champions League after Christmas. I can't see them signing like a, an experienced player. Maybe they'll invest with, with, in a younger player? Possibly there'll be a few on signings, but yeah, I agree that no one's going to sign anyone in the January for a big, big fee. Um, I don't think anybody at the clubs really need someone except for Feyenoord, but they don't have the funds for it. I can't see AZ Alkmaar going out and spending any money um, after the season they've had so far. So yeah, I think it's maybe one or two loan signings. Maybe if there's injuries in the next couple of weeks, then maybe that'll force somebody's hand. But right now, even Ajax were getting asked yesterday if they're going to recall Danilo in January because he's an option for up front. Maybe there's something like that will happen. I can't see them spending any big money on anyone. Yeah, Danilo is, is a good option for Ajax, actually. And I really wouldn't be surprised if that happens. It would be terrible for Twente, though, who have had a marvellous start to the season, helped by Danilo's goals. And maybe they'll look for another striker if that, if that is the case. But yeah, don't see much business happening from the top teams. And the question was relating to Ajax. Don't see it happening. Um, speaking of Ajax, bad news for them. Uh, Quinta Promes is, 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 is being held suspicious of um, a potential stabbing. It was released in the Dutch media this week. And the, I mean, I don't know what your reaction was to that, Mike, but when I heard that it happened, like, you know, over the summer, I, I thought, it, does that explain why Promes has really struggled this season? Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's all alleged at the moment. We don't know really anything and it's, you know, innocent until proven guilty. Um, but yeah, it was a big shock to see that released um, on Sunday morning that, you know, he has been arrested and he's been held for this. Um, you know, his lawyers come out and said that, you know, he wasn't present and it wasn't him and they had to wait and see what happens. But yeah, it's a big, big shock. And maybe it is a reason for, he's been really poor this season for Ajax. Um, terrible even. And, you know, it's understandable if you had something like this hanging over him. Um, we just need to wait and see what happens in the next few weeks. But, you know, if he is proven guilty and just wait and see, we don't know what could happen. Um, you know, that, Ask big question I actually you know what do they do and you know, that's a player that they're gonna miss for the rest of the season. Um I think you got to know that Ajax didn't know anything about this, um, because if they did know something about this and this is a possible something that could have came in and it makes them sell and Noah Lang even 
more stranger in the summer because you know he's a player that plays in his position and you have to see what he's doing for Club Rouge and in Belgium. Um, he's excelling over there and he's a player that Ajax maybe shouldn't have got rid of, um, especially if something happens to promise now, yeah. Um, it's a big shock. It's a player that probably would have been going to the Euros and yeah, it's just a big shock that somebody that's such a big player for the Dutch national team in Ajax has, has been involved in a story like this. Um, we just need to wait and see what happens in the, the coming weeks and how it all unravels. All the best to Quince Promes though, of course, and um, we hope that he can come back to the form that we've we've seen him in before and hopefully he's proven innocent. But um, yeah, I think that Ajax have got a really tricky couple of months ahead of them after we knocked out the Champions League. They've got to really pick themselves up to challenge for the Eredivisie and think carefully about the Europa League too and let's hope they take it very seriously um, because we want to see a Dutch team going far again in, in European competition. Ajax have done the Netherlands really proud recently with, with the Europa League and Champions League runs but yeah, uh, another one this season would be really, really good and lots of great young players are coming through this season again and we just really want to see them perform and that, that's, that's what makes this season so difficult for Ajax because there have, there have been some really nice highlights um, seeing Perse Hurst becoming a first-team regular, Ryan Harvenberg, the same thing, um, two very talented Dutch footballers. But at the same time, there's a lot of average players around that team. Um, I think we've discussed this a few times this season, Mike, but they're just not the same as they were last season uh, when they had Hakim Ziyech, but especially two years ago with all of those talented players. Is it, is it right to be critical of Ajax um, given that we, we should have expected this this sort of deterioration in the team. Yeah, I think that you have to be critical of Ajax for the business that they've done um, with the past few seasons. And, you know, when you're going to lose somebody like Hakim Ziyech and his replacement in the 11 is, is Zachary Labiad, you know, you're, you're going to dip in form. And we saw against Atalanta when he went out that Labiad played and he was, he was awful. And then you have players like Quincy Promise, um, not playing to his standard and up front they had to start with Brian Brobby because you know Westina Traore was was injured um, and Klaasian Hunter was, was aging Um you didn't sign that proven Champions League striker that you know Mark Overmars was wanting in the summer Um it's difficult to be too over critical because I think that Kudus would have been a great player for them in the Champions League but he got injured Um I don't think we've seen really enough from Anthony either. I think he's in the big games against the Liverpools and Atalantas, he didn't step up. Um, he's looked good in the Eredivisie, but when it comes to the Champions League, he would have been the one that I would have said would have been shining and he didn't. Um, but yeah, I think that as much as Ajax deserve credit for the young players that they've brought through, I think Ryan Gravenberch is sensational. I think that Per Scruz is doing well. There is a lot of average players in this team. Um, the Wabiads, the Alvarez's, um, the Clivers, the, the Martinez hasn't been great this season either. Um, I think when you're relying on people like this, you are going to struggle. And this looks so weak against Atalanta, they couldn't create anything. Um, I think the red card was, was the shambles. I think that's a horrific decision to send them off for that. Um, but they didn't deserve to win that game, I don't think. I don't think they created enough in the end to, to go through. Um, and if you go into the Champions League and you can only beat Mitchelland, 
Formula One, you can't beat a depleted Liverpool or Atalanta, then you don't deserve to be in the, the last 16, so I think. Whereas the Ajax team of Frankie de Jong and De Ligt was Champions League quality, this one is Europa League quality, and I think that Europa League is where this team deserves to be. I think they'll probably get drawn against um, a team they can beat in the last 32, but as soon as they, they hit a brick wall, like a, I don't know, um, a team of Benfica's quality or say, um, oh, put them in the spot here, Leicester, I just think they're gonna they're gonna crumble. They don't quite have the spine that they used to have, and I think that they're a good team. And in the Eredivisie, they're they're imperious actually. And I, there are times where I wonder about the standard of the league, but I also look to the other top teams in the league, and they are a step ahead of them too. Um, but yeah, as as on the European stage, you need that experience, don't you? And I don't think this this team as a whole has got that. Speaking of teams, though, that um, performed in Europe midweek. We've touched upon Feyenoord, we've touched upon um, Ajax. We're going to be talking about PSV shortly, but RZ, so close to going through and in a group containing Napoli and Real Sociedad, finishing third out of four, that's expected and RZ can do that. And, but they were so close to going through and that defeat to Rijeka was so unnecessary. It makes you wonder, has the impact of Arna Slot leaving or being forced to leave. Um, and in my opinion, rightly so, by the way, I think that sacking slot is probably the, the good thing to do. Um, do you think that that has rocked the boat too much at RZ, though, and it's impacted their season again? Yeah, I think you have to say that the evidence shows that it has had a made, has made a big impact. I think that under slot, um, they're going so well in Europa League, and then you come to the last game, just needing, you know, in the end, a win against a team that had already been knocked out and had nothing to play for um, and to put in the performance that they did, which was horrific. Um, yeah, just something not right there. I think, you know, they lost for the first time in the league as well, just, just before that. So I think losing slot has had an impact on the squad. Um, I think some of the players came out and backed the decision, but a few of them came out and said how, how great slot was. Um, I think a few of them have been affected by it and I think that we'll see this weekend with when they're playing FC20 um, how that goes and if it's another loss and surely the board has to, to look at their decision to make Pascal Janssen the, the head coach until the end of the season um, and reflect on that because it could end up being that their season just dwindles out and then you know the start that they've had with the teams above them you know there's nothing to say that to say Z side if they had a poor second half of the season that they wouldn't end up finishing fifth, sixth and then not make Europe next season, which would be a catastrophe after the season they had last year. And then it's really up to players like Boadu and Stengs as well and to step it up. And these are players that think that they should be playing top level football and they want to be at the European Championships next year. They've got to step up in the second half of the season and they've got to show that they deserve to be in the Netherlands squad, that they deserve to get a top transfer next summer. And that's what they need to be looking at, you know, they can't be like, oh, slot's gone, so we're just going to stop performing because they won't get that big move next year. Um, especially someone like Bordeaux who's had a really poor start to the season. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens with AZ in the second half of the campaign and going forward. But I think if they lose the next couple of games, then I really fear for them because the, the coach obviously doesn't have the confidence um, of the dressing room. He's, he's inexperienced. 
and then the players' heads will drop as well. And then maybe a few of them will end up leaving in January. That's a big concern. Somebody like Coop Miners, who is linked with a move to Premier League in, in the summer, may end up putting his foot down and saying, I want to leave in January, because I'm sure if he did that, there would be interest in the clubs that would take him away. It's a shame that a team full of such quality has fallen so far down the league um, and couldn't quite qualify for the European group. The fact they ran Napoli and Sociedad so close does show that they are full of good players. Um, some fans have been critical, actually, of some of their key players this season. But Ajax would love to have Amor and Boadu in attack. They'd love to have Calvin Stengs on the right wing. They'd love to have Tony Kurtman in midfield. So you can see that these players are standing out and they're in um, Frank de Boer's radar to be selected for the Euros. So let's see how, how January goes when they play the big teams. It's either going to go really well for them, isn't it, or really badly, I think. And um, if, if they're losing all three of those to PSV, Final and Ajax, then, I mean, top, top five, top six is, is, is inevitable for them. But if they can get in amongst them and win a couple of those, all of a sudden top four is definitely within reach again. And we're talking about RZ going on a run. And then they're, t they're finishing the European place again. The season's still long, so we'll see what happens with them. The final team from those top four teams, who of course uh, did succeed in going through in the manner they wanted. PSV finished top of their Europa League group, 4-0 against Ammonia. Um, we had a, a question from Abdul. He said that he believes PSV are the most stable team and could go far in the Europa League. What do you think? I actually disagree with that, Abdul. I think out of the top four teams in the, in the area of his E, PSV are perhaps the least stable because uh, at least Feyenoord are hard to beat. At least RZ have got the, the, the capabilities of, of beating really good quality teams. And Ajax, well, they're, they're doing very well in the area of his E. Of course, a couple of defeats apart from that have been very good. I think PSV are very up and down and they have a good home record. But at the same time, I find them to be a collection of good players sprinkled with the quality that players such as Marlon and Cody Capo bring. Um, and I have a feeling in a minute you're about to disagree with me, Mike. But I, I, just, don't, I just don't see them as being stable. I think, that's, um, I think that's the opposite for me. And that, like I said, they're, they're just some good players. Not average, but just some good players with a sprinkling of quality. But can I just say, by the way... Um, that I'm, I'm absolutely delighted that Mo Etarden got his first goal in a whole year today because that was so needed. He's only 18, but that last year has been tough for him. Of course, we had the break from football, but the beginning of this season under Roger Schmidt, it's like he just wanted to leave him out in the cold, but then it became very clear actually that Etarden had to develop himself in so many other ways other than just what he was good at last season. To become a more important player for PSV under Schmidt, you know, he's got to be a better midfielder rather than a, uh, an attacker, which is what he was doing a lot of last season. Um, we want to see him back to his best, but also contributing in other areas. I, I wonder whether his goal today is going to be big for him, but also for PSV to go a step towards being a stable team in the Eredivisie. Yeah, I think that PSV have a very, very talented squad. They have great attackers. They have a good midfield um, I think we'll see the best of them in the second half of the season once they get used to playing with each other I think we'll see the best of the player like Goetzo once he gets totally match fit um, and Hatterin once he's if he keeps playing like he did against Utrecht I think 
we want to see the best of them in the second half of the season, but I think defensively is where PSV have big issues. Um, and Vogel and goal just doesn't breed confidence to me. Um, I think defensively they can be a bit of a shambles sometimes, especially on the counter-attack. We saw it in Europa League a few times this season, um, especially that game against PAOK, um, where it got torn apart. I think that Schmidt's substitutions also don't help. I think we saw against Utrecht as well. He decided to take Goods off after 55 minutes and he lost control of the game. And then I had to drink him off. And Utrecht really should have equalised in the last minute. It was only a, a really good block from Rosario. Rosario stopped it from being 2-2. Um, so I think Schmidt makes strange decisions sometimes. And I think defensively they're not stable enough um, to go on and win the, something like Europa League. I think that they can beat anyone on their day. Um, their attack is, is good. I think Malin's scoring goals for fun now. I think he's really coming into form. And I think they have, for me, a stronger squad. Um, and the team's random. I think that they can go toe-to-toe with Ajax, I think. You've seen youngsters coming through. they got players like Zahavi is going to eventually come back. And we need to see more from him. I think he's been... Very person saying he's missing chances, missing penalties, um, apparently he's rubbing up a few players the wrong way in the squad as well. I think he's coming with a bit of arrogance about him. Um, he's not very liked amongst the squad, according to reports and some of the media channels. So I think the second half of the season will be big for PSV. I think we'll see the best of them. Um, I think it will be tight with Ajax at the top. And if the draw is favourable, I think I can see PSV going far. It's just that defensively, I don't think they're totally sound. I think that the goalkeeping situation might end up biting them um, in the long run. The last thing I want to talk to you about this week, Mike, was uh, the Dutch national team and the news of the World Cup qualifying draw. In their 16 group, there is Montenegro, Latvia, Gibraltar, three teams that they're expected to beat home and away, but also Norway and Turkey. Turkey, always a tough proposition, particularly away from home. And Norway, with um, Haaland now leading the line, could be a very tricky game um, in both home and away. So what, what do you make of that group? In my opinion, it's not easy, but also not a hard one. And it's to be expected that they have these teams and they, they do have to, they have to beat them to qualify. Yeah, for me, it's not the hardest group they could have got. Um, but I don't think it's the easiest as well. I think that games against someone like Norway, um, it's going to be tough away from home. I think if someday like Haaland and, and Odegaard, um, they've got players that can trouble the Netherlands. I think it's quite similar to the group that they had in the European qualifiers a few years ago that they failed to qualify when they had the likes of Czech Republic, Turkey, um, Iceland. I think it's those sort of games. I think Netherlands are better now though. I think they're more capable of beating these sides. They've shown it recently um, in the Nations League beating Poland, um, these are the sort of sides that you know, Norway and Turkey are. I think that going away to Turkey first, if there's the possibility of no fans, is a big advantage. I don't think you want to go to, say, Istanbul and play in front of a, a noisy and um, ferocious crowd. So I think it is a draw that, looking at it, I think everyone should top the group. But there's potential pitfalls, and I think that. Whereas in the past, if, you know, when Goose Hiddink was in charge and he was a bit arrogant about the groups that they, 
they drew. I think if Frank de Boer keeps his squad focused and lets them know that these are tough games and that they need to be 100% in each of them, then I think everyone's will be fine and I think they'll top it. Um, but a lot will come from that first game. I think if they beat Turkey away, then that's that's a really, really big game out of the way. Um, and getting three points from that would be huge. So, uh, yeah, I think a lot depends on that first game in March. Um, you know, we'll see after that. But, yeah, teams like Latvia, Gibraltar, these are teams that Netherlands really should be should be hammering and working on our goal difference against. Um, we just need to wait and see how it unfolds. But I've got confidence that this is a group that Netherlands can win um, and should win. And... Yeah, I'm quite positive going into it. You spoke about Frank de Boer in a good light there, as though you actually have faith in him to make those clever managerial decisions. Are you changing your mind on him, Mike? I think the jury's still out there. Um, but the most recent internationals given me hope. Um, I think that the squad gives me hope as well. I think that in the past when you had... Danny Blind and, and Gus Hiddink and during a dark period you had a squad that had players that you know, were close to retiring and then you had some players in there that shouldn't have been in the national team whereas now you've got young hungry talents and having somebody like Memphis Depay in there and players like Virgil van Dijk and Matthijs Delict and Frankie de Jong and you know this is a team that can really manage itself at times um, so you can kind of limit the damage that Frank de Boer can do to it. But the most recent internationals gave me hope and I think if De Boer continues in an upward trajectory, I'm willing to give him a chance. And I think that he sort of earned that from the most recent games. Um, and yeah, we'll see. If they go to Turkey and get beat 4-0, then yeah, I'm going to start getting on his back again and then start worrying a bit. But you know, if they go to Turkey and win, then why not give De Boer a chance and, until he proves me wrong? Yeah, fair enough. Let's see what he can come up with. And the final question comes from Dutch77. Why haven't the Netherlands given about their horse a chance? They clearly lack a striker and he seems fit to fit what they need. I, I, I think we've covered this one a few times and um, I'm always saying that we should be giving their horse a chance. Yeah. Um, I think if you watch him this season, he's scoring goals left, right and centre. Um, I think even in interviews, he's like, well, what more can I do? And that is... The big question what more can he do to prove himself that if he's scoring in the Bundesliga week in week out um you know Wolfsburg are unbeaten he's scoring it's not it's not his penalties he's scoring I know a lot of them are penalties but he's scoring from open play as well and then you look at Luke de Jong who only chips in one or two goals here and there for Sevilla and sometimes starts on the bench you know if you go to any Netherlands fan and ask who would you rather have up front starting with would it be Luke de Jong or, or Valt Weghorst and nine times out of ten they're going to go with Weghorst it just seems to be the coaching team that started with Koeman it's not just De Boer it's, it's Koeman as well they just seem to see something in Luke de Jong that they prefer to Valt Weghorst which is which is strange because when it comes to the games and you want players to score goals it seems to be Weghorst that we can week out he's even taller and if you're looking at Luke de Jong as sort of a person is just going to stand in the box and go on the end of crosses, then even Veghorst is, is better than that because he's taller and he, he seems to be able to get us what would happen that Luke de Jong's not scoring. Um, so yeah, it, with every week it's becoming more baffling that somebody like Veghorst isn't getting a chance and 
if he continues his form and he doesn't get picked in March, then yeah, there's definitely something that's going on. It must not be his form. It must be something that he's doing or maybe on the training ground or, or off the pitch that is scaring somebody like Frank De Boer. But on terms of scoring ability, Vekars needs to be in the squad in March, definitely. I agree with you. And if you, if you, if you use him correctly, Vekars can be so good in this system. He would be a striker who would be, you know, built, helping the build-up play. He'll be given the layoffs. He's a, he's a good poacher in the box. He's a calm head. He has runners going off him on the, the Dutch wings. It could be Memphis, you know. You, you could have someone playing just behind him. He's going to feed off him. He's a perfect player for it. It just seems weird that De Boer hasn't given him that chance yet. But he could do that in March and we could be really surprised and Beckhorst could be the, the main striker. So you never know. Football's football. Anyway, Mike, thank you very much for joining me. And we look forward to doing another podcast soon, don't we, in a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, fingers crossed we get some more entertaining Dutch football between now and then. Yeah, um, again, it's only three, four weeks until the, the winter break comes in and I think that the game's kind of going to be exciting and we're going to the new year, hopefully with a, a great title race on our hands. That's right, January's full of those big games. It's got all the top four sort of playing each other. Yeah, until then though, guys, please could you leave us a like, subscribe if you're new, and we look forward to releasing another podcast for you soon. Bye for now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is he. Yeah, yeah. There is Glasser. Goal.